hot fun in the summertime. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Hello, <laughs> it is time for How to Tell the Damn Story Summer Series Part 3 with such a cast. <laughs> have to introduce and then we'll say hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Alex. I'm, I'm, I'm Alex Simmons. How are you? I've been Alex Simmons for at least three or four seconds. How are you? All right. So I'm Chris Ryan. I do some stuff, write some things, and all that sort of stuff. The one I was wishing to be is the legendary, pot-winning, Scooby-Doo telling, Archie adventuring. Batman contributing, and that contribution, Orpheus, should come back. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And, of course, the creator of the hero of heroes, Aaron Blackjack Day. Ladies and gentlemen, my uh, uh, partner in crime here for Tell a Damn Story, Mr. Alex Simmons. Hey, here he is. How you doing? Hey, everybody, how you doing? Chris, good to see you. I like Thank your you beard. so very much. Really nice. What? Nicely trimmed. Your beard. Trim. You know why I, yep. I have to keep I, this trim? Yeah. This is trimming on its own. <laughs> Do you know what I you mean? Natural trim on top. Pain, baby. Really right. job on the beard. Nice, nice to see you. And you're right. We do have a cornucopia, a cornucopia of oh, talent yes. here this day. This day, because yes. I'm looking at three faces. Two of which I'm used to, and one which I will adjust to. But that's, that's not right. <laughs> so, so let's introduce them. Yes, at, let's get to at that. At this let's point, he's a he's a semi regular on tell to, uh, tell the damn story. <laughs> he is a pop culture master. He is a uh, uh, a writer of so many things. We are going to just an, announce him. And we'll let them fill that out later on. Ladies and gentlemen, <gasps> it's Kasim Game. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. And Chris, I have a lawyer's letter here from Sly and the Family Stone, just in case when you. <laughs> it's okay. If they take us to court, Sly won't show up. He shows up anyway. <laughs> I think so. Everybody. No, anyway. Uh, All right. I and um, is a teller of behind the scenes tales. That, yes, that's what yeah. he is. Yes. There he so is. Yes. He's okay. told the tale on Pee Wee Herman <laughs> and uh, a Christmas story and Back to the Future and the Dark Crystal. And Howard the Duck, and so now many others. Yeah. Um, and Mr. Rogers and Big Bird, we talked about last episode. He's got a few things that are uh, cooking up right now, which is why we have him for just a brief period of time, because he <laughs> is the gains, and the gains never sleeps. <laughs> gains is right. in the game. The gains is yeah. in the game, and the game. Now, and yes, right. So, who else do we have? Who else do we have, well, Mr. Rogers? Christine is a kind of uh, almost a regular. Then this next guy has got to be an irregular, because he's showing up, but uh, we're getting a real liking for him. He is a spoken word, a poet, a teacher, and uh, children's book author and illustrator and all in all uh, positive Jackson beam of light out. for the universe, ladies and gentlemen, Tony Jackson. Jackson! Jackson! Yeah, I'll bug you. And 
Cassine and Tony were kind enough to be with us for part uh, one and two of this series, which is still uh, available free for nothing for all the aspiring writers out there. But uh, for part three and four, we thought we needed another heavy hitter. <laughs> yes, we did. You know, um, Balance. It was, it's kind of like a Hackensack mafia in here. <laughs> hey. the There's so many people with Hackensack ties. But we needed one more, and uh, there's a great there's a great tie-in between Tony and this gentleman, and maybe we'll get to talk about that uh, before we really get into the meat and potatoes. But here's a guy who was inspired at high school. As a matter of fact, he was in my I think he was in my creative writing class. And I was thinking Tony there's another at, uh, tie-in there. There's yeah, a, yeah. a three-way we tie-in. Tony, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. And um, that little little spark that. He went on, followed Tony's uh, uh, footsteps in Rutgers. I think you guys were both, <laughs> right? Doing some spoken word Rutgers. there. And then Are you? went on to uh, national, and I would even say probably international slam fame as a, a, a poet of both humor and heart. And then just for the hell of it, co-founded... <laughs> Black Nerd Problems, that came out of nowhere. It was a bit of big hit. Boom, boom, boom. And yeah, yeah. then, um, years ago, Alex and I had talked about this, and we tried. We even got uh, him to send some stuff to us. I wanted to uh, publish a book of this guy's poems, and uh, uh, it was a great failure. I never got to do it. But, <laughs> blessing, blessing in disguise, because just came out right here. We were all <laughs> someone else yesterday. That's the title, folks. Hit it again. Title of a Hit great... it again, Chris. Hit it again. What's the title? We were all we we were all someone else yesterday. And great co uh, cover art, <laughs> which um, is a great a great title, by the way. It's a great true. title. Hey. There's a story behind that title that ties in again. Also, it is um, yeah. a, a poem of immediacy. It sounds like uh, this gentleman is sitting across from you, maybe sharing a beer and telling tales, but it's, it's, he has this great knack of setting you up with humor and then shattering your heart <laughs> yeah. with, uh, with all the feels. <laughs> and uh, shattering uh, your really heart. proud to have him with us for these next two episodes, ladies and gentlemen, this is Omar Holman. Omar. Yeah. <laughs> this guy. Omar, right, so let's kind of start informally. How's everybody? Omar, how you doing? What's going on with the book, man? Uh, I'm all right. Uh, the book-wise, uh, having to like, I, I, I thought I would be done promoting it when it got out. No, I guess pr promotion doesn't stop, so you still got to. <laughs> that's, that's the next episode. Uh, that's, that's episode four. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's, it's right. very yeah. much like The Walking Dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> People like it so far, you know. Or maybe it's whack, and they're just saying they like it to my face. Whichever, I'll take it. That's cool. Like I'll take, I'll take that. Well, Omar, if you didn't notice, uh, while Chris was introducing the title of the book, he mm. was holding a copy, and immediately to his right on another screen, Tony was holding oh, a copy. But you know <laughs> that at least two copies are out there. Yeah, and he didn't give that, give it to either one of them. Like, I bought five copies uh, to get you a copy and a, and and. I'm not saying it's Omar's fault, but I ordered the five copies to bring in the school, mm -hmm. and then a pandemic hit that closed the <laughs> school. 
So I'm not saying it's I'm not saying it's Omar's fault, but the timing is suspect. So well, Chris, can I, can I jump in with two quick things? First of all, this is a good time to let everyone know if they want to purchase five copies for when the next <laughs> pandemic hits, where can they do that? Yeah, um, Omar, where can they do that? Uh, you can do that on any uh, book provider. There's a, they're in Barnes and Noble. Uh, you can go on Amazon if you want, or you don't have to feel like you know, you know morally morally compromise yourself to go on Amazon, or you can go on uh, buttonpoetry.com. <laughs> I, I got mine from buttonpoetry.com. And then the and other thing that I wanted to share was that there's a day that lives like in infamy where Tony performed at the high school and uh, Omar was in the room. And and this is that exact day. Yeah, you were wow. that wow. in oh infamy where all this day that yeah, keeps see. being brought up there where everything converges on this one day, that's the day. And so <laughs> Kasim, can you send that to Alex and I so we can we can put it up? Yeah, we can put notes it with, and stuff. Well, I have to I have to check with Sly's with Sly's lawyers first, but I'll, I'll check with Sly and if I get clear, don't, don't worry Sly, about it. Don't don't like worry. Like I said, he'll never show up. It's okay. That's a million years ago. Wow. That's wild. Wow. So um, let's take a moment to tell tell that tale. This is uh, kind of back in the inspiration stuff. But Tony, why were you there that day? Uh, so uh, I was there because uh, and I went there, to. By the way, is Hackensack High School. I'm sorry, but go ahead. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um. In in college, some some friends and I, uh, we had been doing poetry together, um, and we had like an, an open mic that we were running, and we started going into schools and and theaters and stuff, and doing workshops and performances, and and we got back into uh, Hackensack, which I was super super excited about. And um, yeah, to see these faces and some some other cats, um, you know, was was uh, was amazing. There's a lot. There's a lot to that story. But um, <laughs> those are we'll have to do an episode. Those are the rosier parts. <laughs> now, <laughs> rosier part. That wasn't like yeah. a you know a reference to civil rights. Was it? <laughs> uh, now, from your perspective, Omar. Yeah. What happened that day? Uh, there, I mean, there were multiple days, but that, that first day, uh, we're all in the assembly and, uh, I was in my personal life. I was, I, I like acting, but I, I want to do something worth my own words. And then to see, uh, Tony Jackson on stage, he's like freestyling from the top of his head. There was a kid that was like sleeping in uh, the audience that he like put into a rhyme. Everybody turned to look at the kid. And then Tony puts that into a rhyme as well. And, uh, ah. home, and then he said the line, uh, I'm coming back from tomorrow to see how far you've come today. Wow. And I heard him say that line. And I was like, okay, this is what I want to do with my life. This is like that, oh, at that moment. That. And uh, from wow. that on, which is why I went to Rutgers, that's the only, that's the only college I applied to. I didn't know you're supposed to apply to other colleges. <laughs> so you were stalking Tony. Is that what yeah. I'm hearing? Yes. Fine. For about cool. two to three So years. in his application, it said Tony University. It might as well have been. <laughs> Yes, the, sure. the setup. There the you go. setup is that the setup is that he all he saw all of my footsteps. Then he he found them. He paved over them, and then he started to to make them like three or four levels higher as he proceeded to go on. So you know, it's still an honor. Still an honor. Isn't that what we aspire to, though? Exactly. That is. Wait, and, and it's not just me. Cassine was there too. Cassine was there as well. Like, don't just put this all on me. I was the only, I'm the one with the picture. <laughs> yeah. I didn't take any pictures, but I did get paid for being there. So, you know. Uh, now, Omar, yeah. the, the line that you said that Tony said. Yeah. Uh, if I remember correctly, there's a connection between that and the title of your book of poetry. Yeah. 
Uh, I titled the book. We were all someone else uh, yesterday. It was after my favorite episode of um, the show called Banshee. And it, mm-hmm. it reflected about what I was going through. Uh, the book's about like having to lost my mom and like, I right, well, yeah. different looking back in hindsight. And it wasn't until Tony made like a basically like a wrestling promo about it. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, this that, so I, it must have been subconscious. Cause like, oh, wait, that is a direct it's a it's a recall on what he said to me. And it, it just out, you know, rarely so, is the universe so lazy as a coincidence, you know, so yeah, like, right, it's right. like but I was like, oh, yeah, this is like it's a reflection of like what was uh, back then what inspired me then. And, and, uh, and Tony Jackson, as I profusely thank him and you, uh, Mr. Ryan, I'll never call you Chris. I mean, it's always going to be Mr. Ryan. <laughs> I'll never call you. I can't. I can't do it. So it was a reflection of, um, of yeah, because like without you two, I would I would not. I I might be an accountant, you know, somewhere else. If you had you guys, you know, now, listen, it, it is my honor to have done anything I could to avoid the world having one more account. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, this is a love fest, and uh, I am proud that I've been in the presence of all of you. Um, but the people who do come to see this came to find out a little about about editing. So we're going to get some we're going to get to work. OK, so. You know, there's that saying that the first draft of any creative piece is you telling the story to yourself, right? And then once that's done and once that is, exists, then you're immediately on the journey of the next thing is, you know, which is to make it presentable to the world, right? So I want to ask um, all of you this first question, all right, um, to start us uh, talking about editing. After that initial first draft is done, after you have completed getting it out of your system, telling yourself that story, do you walk away from it or do you start it on edits right away? And if you walk away, how long and how, what, how is that part of your process? So um, we're going to give Omar a little break. We're not going to jump on him right away. <laughs> He'll come in a little later, but we should go. I think we should start with the voice of experience. So having written for three or four centuries at this point, Alex Simmons, what is your uh, what is your process there? When you finish your draft, do you jump right into the edits or do you walk away? Well, you know, having the Old Testament now. You know, because you know, cause, you know those curled up parchment pages—they're really difficult to work with. So I, <laughs> I got like, a little chance to sort of like loosen up. You know, we put some oil on them and all that. Um, my, it, you know, a lot of times it depends on where the hell I am with the deadline. <laughs> okay, yeah, that makes sense. That's yeah. reality. It's right. a mean taskmaster. Master, you know, I like to tell my students, which is not a lie. I. I do tell them this. I then tell them also it may not always work out that way. But I like to tell them you want to try and finish your rough draft in a timely fashion so you have the opportunity to step away from it for a day or two, you know, to breathe, to let go, to relax the hunched over position, you know, to just sort of, you did it, to acknowledge that it's out. You know, you know it's out. The, the, the thoroughbred or the old nag is out in the field. It's grazing. You can relax for a bit, and then at that point of refresh, you go back. And now you're coming at it with clearer vision because you're meeting it now from the other side. You know, you're seeing it, you're seeing its face, you're seeing its structure, you're seeing the hair out of place, you're seeing whatever metaphors you want to use because it's not perfect. It's nowhere near perfect. 
If you think it's perfect, it's, you're reading somebody else's work. You know, the reality is you need to look at it and say, what do you see? What is it saying to you? And so I try, I try very hard to get my work done quickly enough so that I have a day or two I can step away from it. Yeah. In a perfect world, that's wonderful. Yeah. In the given world of deadlines, it's a different story. It's well, and in, in that case, you let's say you have a deadline. Uh, unless it's like that day is the deadline, do you try to build in at least, you know, yeah. a break? You know, it so, might be just a, just a trip to the restroom. That's all so, we have. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. That sometimes is that reality, but not as often, thank goodness, as it used to be way back in the day. No, you know, a walk. Um, I'll, I'll go talk to people in the house. I will... Uh, step outside on the stoop and just inhale and look up at whatever the clouds, the sky is doing at that moment and, and let loose. Just really let that go yeah. and, and acknowledge that I have made that part of the journey. Um, if, it's, if, it's, um, if I need a little bit more stimulation, active stimulation, because I'm still churning, I might actually go play a video game where I punch okay. things. You know, because we don't have we don't have stuff in the house we can punch. So we have this favorite video game that I will play. I used to play it with my sons when they were younger. Um, but you know, I'll do that for a little while. But I'll always allot myself just a certain amount of time. And no matter where I am in the game, time's up. Okay, let's go. Let's go. I'm ready to go back in. You know, but yeah, I try. You need to step away. You'd really do. I try and go um, to something that is going to take my attention away. You know, like, you know, talking to the goddess, I'm going to get sucked into that. Or passing anywhere within earshot of Sean, you know, my other, one of my sons, because he is going to tell me all the headlines from ESPN. So, you know, <laughs> and, and, and it works. That's not to put them down because it works well because sports is not whatever I'm writing, right? Um, and active, uh, um, you know, school is a great thing for that. You know, it's also... The other reality, right? But you cannot, you cannot have your mind on writing when there are students in front of you. Mm. They, they won't tolerate it. Here, students, right? Right. So, uh, you know, a day away in front of a classroom, you are definitely everything that is conscious is focused on them and out your body. And that allows the back of your mind to work, you know, unencumbered and uninterrupted. And it it will work out problems that you might be having with that first draft, you know, and then allow you to look in with fresh eyes. And then we'll talk about that process next. But I think it's time to take a step over to the nonfiction section. Mr. Gaines, what do you do? How do you do it? How do you get the whole Gaines out of it? You know, I, I have a problem walking away. You do. Partially it's <laughs> partially it's the deadline factor, but also I I don't um <laughs> I don't um I don't I, I have a hard time divorcing myself when I'm in like work mode. Like I like really am fully submerged and it's hard for me to like do something else or like I feel guilty watching television or something. Like usually well, when yeah. Let me adjust for you then. How do you separate from in, you know, or, or trans transition from uh, first draft writing 
into that either second draft or editorial mode if you if you're not giving yourself that space. Well, I mean, I I guess there's what there's two ways you? of answering that. One is that like the things, you know, most of the time if it's a book project and it's lengthy, I can I will go back to chapter one as like a brain break while I am working on like the fourth chapter. I mm-hmm. used to I used to be able to not write chronologically. I find that really hard to do now. And so um, I now can kind of say, okay, I've written 20 pages, 30 pages, and I'm gonna go back to the first 10 and sort of reread it. Um, sometimes it's just for like pacing, you know, sometimes it's just like, I, I'm a, I have a bad crutch of passive voice. I write like I speak and I speak long windedly. So, um, <laughs> so yes. I'm always trying to tighten. That. <laughs> but um, so that's number one. But then number two is um, usually whatever I'm working on goes through several drafts. And I know we talked, I think in the last episode, Chris, you were talking about going through several drafts with um, City of Woe. And so I kind of get a forced month and a half where it's out of my hands sometimes. And what I find to be really hard is not going back and tinkering around with it while it's- Oh yeah, that's that's Um, So that's really hard to do. And in that period of time, then I'll pick up a new television show, then I'll kind of re-engage right, with the right. world. But um, it's it's tough, but I wish I had more um, time in between. I just feel like I'm always flying. I mean, this is a part, I, I don't want to deviate too much, but this is a part of, of a problem with my process where I do a lot of pre-writing and outlining and information mm-hmm. gathering, and I do a whole lot of that stuff, and then I just spit it all out. But by the time I'm spitting it out, I haven't really built in that time to sort of um, go back and leave it for you know, right. for time. Well, you know, you might want to consider that planning and those t- taking notes and those outlining as a first draft. Yeah. You know, because you have told the story. For me, you know, the unofficial first draft is the index cards when they're all, when I've sorted them into some kind of order that tells the tale that's kind of a first draft and then i'm writing the first you know the official draft right but it i've already told myself the story so you know you're going back all right let's go to the uh the poets although uh you know both of them have uh you know uh multi-hyphen so don't <laughs> don't limit yourself to poetry you know yeah. there's uh the, the children's books there's so many other creative things that tony is doing and my man over there is both poet and a reviewer and um, slayer of uh, uh, fictional characters and games and, you know, <laughs> empire builder with black nerds problems. So right. anywhere where that stuff comes, people are still, you know, we're hoping to give them in, in isn't, these isn't episodes. i surgeon? How to do Yes, <laughs> but only on Thursdays. Oh. All right, so Tony Jackson. Yeah. What's that um, process? How do you make that? What do you do? Do you build in time? Uh, yeah. So it's it's different. Uh, the process depends on the project for me. And if it is a if it is a, a concrete project like a book, um, and then then I'll, I for me I have to set that up with very specific times. You know, I, I'm I'm regimented, and I'll, I'll make myself say, okay, I'm going to spend two hours doing this today an hour doing this tomorrow. By the end of this 10 days, um, here's where I'm looking to be. And then similar to what was said before, 
once I've once I've gotten to that goal that I set for myself, then I can say, okay, let me let me kick back, let me chill, let me look. And right now, the projects that I'm working on are um, are smaller. I'm I'm doing content in in smaller pieces, right? So an article here, a video there, and those, you know, like you said, that those those deadlines. That's what's that's what's pushing it. You know, I'm I'm looking at tomorrow. I'm like, okay, uh, all right. So once I get off of this call, let me go finish these edits. Um, but you know, yeah, for, for me, it's about like what, what time I need to have. I can't, I, I just got into a new video game. Um, Sek- <laughs> Sekiro. Uh, oh, okay. Shadow, Shadow Die Twice. Yo, it is, it's so dope. But that is, that for me is like a cleansing. Like I, yeah. I play that like once I'm, once I'm done for the day and, um, okay. and, and then I'm ready to like wash everything from my brain. Um, because once I give myself the time to write and to, to look back in, I, yeah, I have to be, I have to be right there when it's, um, when it's lyrics, like if, if I'm writing a a rhyme, if I'm writing a song or something like that, I just go over that as I'm doing it a million times, I'll write, you know, like a, a, a couple bars and go over those, you know, 10, 15 times in, in the same sitting, you know, so I, so that, that I don't have to come back to a lot, but yeah, when I'm, when I'm writing something that's a little bit lengthier, Especially if it's if it's a book, I have to set that time aside and have have it scheduled. Mm. All right. Let me add one more question for you, and then we're going to go to Omar. Uh, what is the difference in your editing process pre Jilly and post Jilly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yo. What? It, wow. Jilly is his daughter, by the way, everybody. Yo, what's, young what's very young? Yeah. <laughs> what's the difference? The difference is, whoo, the, the difference is definitely um, finding the finding the time clearly. And you know, I didn't I didn't <laughs> appreciate the way that I allotted my time. You know, pre Jilly, oh, I didn't. Yeah. You know, like I I was just like I do it whenever. Hey, I could take this hour. I could take that hour. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like she will wake up at nine oh seven. So I have until this time, I'm going to get breakfast in here. Um, and I, I have a really hard time doing work, doing this work when, when she's, when she's with me, I can draw and have fun and, and be creative right. and stuff like that. But if it's the, if it's the project, then I, you know, I, I have to be somewhere else because I can't give that a hundred percent attention and then, you know, give her none. No, and, and it's a I mean? positive so, thing, you know, yeah. the energy is about Jilly wins. And, and that's for right. Me, it was Sean and Tyler. Once they got up, they win. Yeah. And Alex will tell you the same. You know. Yeah. And, once uh, Sean and Tyler. And maybe up. Omar will. Omar, you want to tell us? <laughs> My kids. I don't know that life. I don't know that life yet. He's forcing it on me too. It's, it's creeping. It's creeping. I'm like, just not yet. They're pushing it. <laughs> that's right. So let's ask newlywed Omar Holman. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> Forgot about that. <laughs> Forgot. Ooh, editorial, I'll cut that out. Process there, that's that. right now, Omar, no problem. Oh, she already knows. She already knows. She knows what this is. Uh, it depends. Uh, like, like I, I have Tony's issue and uh, Cassine's issue as well. Um, and it depend. It does depend on the project. If I'm doing like a review for something or like a doing a, re- a re- trailer review, I, I speak in my voice as well, and I, I am long-winded as well, and I try to fit in as many obscure jokes as I can <laughs> as well. So, there, and there's no. Um, the only deadline is like how like uh, maybe a day or two, because like how many people are talking about it uh, mm-hmm. in that sense. But if it's an editorial. Uh, that can be, and there's no deadline on that. And I want it to be like evergreen. So when going into that, I have to research things. And if, especially it's online, if it's online editorial, 
you're gonna, I, I might be done, but I'll go back. Okay, let me research that this issue is correct because the last thing you want is someone in the company. Well, actually, you know, oh, so, like, yeah. so that and you want to cover all your bases and make sure you're saying things like, if I'm talking on race, I want to make sure I cover all these things that I'm talking about. If I'm talking on like nerd things, whatever I'm specifying, I need to make sure all the bases are covered for what I'm specifying on. Um, and in that, I can take as much time as I want. But when it's, an edit, when it's an article or, let's say, an essay where there is a deadline, all right, well, now, I'm not sure if I can curse not or here, so I'll say things become more difficult now. <laughs> I, and my problem is, like, I will, I, will write the, I will write the paragraphs, and I don't, like Cassine, I don't like to walk away. I, like, I have to sit there, like, I will make this, I will make this work till it's, it, maybe not perfect, but at least it sounds the way I want to sound in my head. And I'll, I'll write more, write more. Let me go back to that to make sure that leads incorrectly. Or that joke is still what I'm trying to say, or that joke still works here. Um, that's how, and it's, it's, I don't know if it's like a comedy routine uh, that I'm writing. Well, you on. use a lot of humor. That's one, that's one of the things you yes. bring to the table. So, yeah, so, sure. So, making sure that works and making sure, like, if I'm making this, let's say I'm making this Rihanna reference to a song, maybe I might go back, like, well, people even if I still if people are still yeah. reading this five years from mm. now, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, what's, so I, what's the shelf life on that? Exactly, right? which I had to do in a poem recently too, which is like nearly <laughs> seven years old. So I'm like, I, I gotta change this line because you know, yeah. so like I'm, I'm redoing City of Woe, and a lot of stuff was just outdated. Wow, yeah, you know? yeah. how do you? I, that's the other problem. Yeah. How do you keep things up? Someone really someone looked up something in a phone book. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, I like to play I didn't the realize game. this has been around that long. Well, <laughs> you try, try to play back the game. Game. Hold on, hold on, by just having cell phones. Oh, you can't hear me. Yeah, now I can. Now I can. Before it was, it was going. Oh, I was saying when Joanna and I watch movies, we always try and play the game of how many plots would be resolved if they had cell phones. <laughs> but like the movie, like Home Alone, is just a movie that, for like multiple reasons, just could never happen today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. Uh, yeah, especially at the airport. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. That is great. I want to um, add on to one thing that Omar said because Omar, what everything Omar said, like super resonated with me. And I have a really big problem with being, um, I seemingly clever but just corny. And so I, I often then am going back and like trying to decornify. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I use parentheses. What is my I, corn I quota for the day? Right. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll be in person like, yeah, I, I had, it was a dad punt, I had to do it. You know, I'm yeah. be, I might be a dad, whatever. Like, you knew what this was when you started reading this. I'll, I'll leave those, like, little notes for the reader in parentheses, like, what, and then I'm done. Like, all right, whatever. Like, that was what it was. I think you now, have to own your voice sometimes, you know? I mean, it's like, Chris, Chris is always poking about the age thing, but hey, I am old. And the only alternative to getting old is dying, which I'm not looking for. <laughs> not a good alternative. I got no problem, you know. <laughs> but you got to own that. You got to be old. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So I, I do want to talk about um, just for a moment here. Um, Omar, you were talking about the a difference between if you're doing a, a like a, a quick piece yeah. or an editorial. Which one bites you in the ass more? Once it's out there. Okay. Um, A a review. A review will bite you uh, more. Uh, And I I use this as an example. There was a movie called Dear White People, and I saw it, and I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. I wrote the review. I'm like, oh, this is a fine movie. And then I was like, 
Well, actually, this is more a movie for white people than black people because of this one thing. But that's just one thing. A week later went by. A week later goes by. Another week goes by. I'm like, there is also this. Another week goes by. I was like, I, I messed up. I, messed up. I, could, I could go back and just edit it so that anyone that, like, sees it later, like, like if anyone reviews it later, like, okay, like, oh, it's, it's all fake. I'm, I'm not going to do that, though. I got to live with that. And so that's why I'm like. I will let now I'm like, well, maybe now when it's a review, I should walk away for a second mm. and think about all things. The review, um. And also because everyone has their own opinion as well. The review will always uh, strike more unless the like, editorial, like if I'm just doing a fun editorial, no one's going to care. Like I did one about like the most the, the worst fictional city to live in. No one's going to care about that. If it has a topic, if I'm using that to maybe talk about like uh uh, to wrap around like police brutality or something like that. All right, now you're gonna like tread carefully, like how you're relating. Mm-hmm. The more serious right. it is, then like the more you have more like, well, how do you see it this way? How, or I can see where you're coming from. But a review, a review will like, oh, you guys always hate on that, like because that. But you can't control a review, even if you have things yeah. correct. People always like, you guys are like, we review comic books, like you guys are Marvel fans. Oh, you guys are DC fans. Like I, I like them all actually. I just like, yeah. I just didn't think this writing worked. But there, there are certain <laughs> things that. Um, will trigger people no matter like that if you do a, a review on Marvel you're going to get that yes you know bomb um i just ran against one and i thought it was just me but then i saw like four or five other things uh, uh posted from other people on this same uh piece of art mm-hmm. and the reaction was in there each time until some publication did an article like you know they were some learned fools mm-hmm. and it was about Hamilton, you know, we were just reacting yeah. to how yeah. inspirational Hamilton is, right? That's and great. every single time you get that, well, nope, there are, there are these 22 uh, historical errors, not the point. So not the point. Yeah. Uh, it's incredibly bad. not the point. But you always see it, you know? Well, yeah, but, you know, I see this I see this exactly the same way I see this element of Fantasia at the Disney mm-hmm. film. Yeah. I mean, Let's let's start with the reality. Not, not, not doing an age joke this time. Not, no. not <laughs> Fantasia, you know, I actually went to see it when I was in high school by lant light, you know, lantern light. And, um, and came out and some of my friends were going, Oh, that's ridiculous, man. You know, uh, uh, hippos wouldn't wouldn't wear that color to you, man. The hippos with this and so I said, wait a minute, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> with the hippos dancing on the toes you think they could but you didn't like the outfits they chose it's fantasy man okay you know so the same thing with hamilton i was like you, there were historical points that didn't resonate with you yeah. but the singing was good yeah Did exactly something fathers sing when they wrote the thing? exactly by the way i don't know if you guys know but where do you accept it's it's theater you know it may touch on subject matters that you know have some real reference to history or life or whatever, but it's not the actual moment. And most of those people in real life were white. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you that or not. You know what I mean? Really? <laughs> most. I said most. I'm not sure. Wow. <laughs> but they could sing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a perfect example. Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. The, I got the sense that a lot of the people who were sticking to the historical, you know, they knew that what they really wanted to complain about, mm-hmm. but they couldn't get away with it. I thought I really want to say, you know, it's all code. Historically inaccurate. This this didn't really. Yeah, you idiots. All right. So no, editing. Yes. Yes. So we're going to go back. OK, so. 
editing is a process. We tend to go um, uh, through a few versions, right? A few uh, uh, passes through. What, when you first go into your editing, what are your editing goals? What are you looking for? Cleaning up sentences and bad oh, word choices. Oh God! Yeah, and and you know my my kryptonite, my personal kryptonite is punctuation. Yes. Mm. Yes. That's, that's it. <laughs> no. And it's a green kryptonite. It's not the red stuff. Yeah. <laughs> things happen to you. This one just I just dropped to the floor. Yes. I have trouble breathing. Yes. You know, I'm in pain in every part of my body. You know because it's just it was not something. I'm sorry to every English teacher I had. <laughs> I apologize. I apologize. I just was not paying attention. So my first effort is to go in there and clean up the word trash, you know. Uh, and even what I, I think Kasim said it and Omar said it, you know, verbiage. Okay, you know, this, I could really say this in six words. Why did I take 20 mm -hmm. seconds? Mm -hmm. You know, so I go back and I clean that up and I try and go for clarity. Clarity of the vision, clarity of the conversations, clarity of any kind of descriptions. Anything that just clean it up, make it more concise, make it flow better. And then I'll come back at another time and I'll go for really focusing on conversations, trying to make sure that each character that speaks has his or her or its own voice and that it's not just me talking, you know, with, with different names. So I'll go for that. Um, I will let an editor worry about the punctuation. Right. <laughs> I, mm -hmm. I, it's, it's not going to happen correctly here but the story the, the structure of the story the telling of the story the voice of the story the voice of the characters and and hitting the emotional moments and reaching the climax and the resolution those are the things that i aim for each time i move through it sometimes i'll i'll dabble with with several of them at the same time but often i come back to address the next topic or the next aspect of the story and cleaning up, hopefully eventually reaching a point where I go, and I looked upon it, and it is good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is my first time working with a uh, professional editor, and it opened my eyes to a lot of things that I thought I was really great at. <laughs> and, <laughs> right, right, right. Like, oh, wait a second. I can be so much better, right? So um, I had to incorporate that into the past, you know, and, and all right, this is... These are some things that she's pointing out that I do a lot, you know. Um, she developed a real hate of the word smirk. And she mm. said, uh, she said, you just go and see how many people you have smirking and how often people are smirking <laughs> in your novel. Holy, I, I, I could not believe, you know, we even had babies smirking, you know, dead people smirking. <laughs> so, <laughs> cartoon show, smirks. <laughs> it, it's coming this fall, I think. Yeah, there um, we right on NBC. Yeah. But, but that to me is in, empowering because, all right, now I'll see it, you know, mm -hmm. and then you bring that into other things. And, um, you know, in earlier drafts, it was all about, does it work? Is it, is it moving? Is it alive? And now I'm so many drafts later, it's, you know, can you say those three sentences in one sentence, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Yes, you, the two characters have that voice, but can they say it in six lines of dialogue less? Yeah. So that you know, just 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 mm -hmm. and and then not killing the moment, not killing. You know, are you are, you can't make the piece stale either. You know, because you've overcut, right? 
So it's I'm finding it really invigorating to have gotten another set of eyes after all these years. And, and, and besides modernizing it, you know, um, then move forward. Um, I, I have a question that we may bring up at the end, but we'll leave it up. Uh, 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 Tony Jackson, what do you think? What do you do? Um, oh, yeah. First so, goals, first goals. What do you do? Man, uh, yeah, editing. If I'm if I'm editing a, a poem, then I'm looking at uh, all the parts. That's one of the things that I uh, that Omar does really well. Um, is something that I, I look for is like line breaks and how how does it fall on the page? Um, because you know how it's read is one thing. How somebody how a reader is going to take it in versus how I'm going to read it if I'm reading it off the page. Um, so th- things like that that are uh, that can be meaningful and also a- aesthetic too. Um, with a story, since I write mostly the the books that I write have, have been children's books. Um, it's it, it's like you're saying it's it's the economy of of words and it's and it's word choice. And I I pay special attention to that because I'm doing that in the classroom and I'm getting these stories where it's the thing that I end up going over and over and over again with my students um, who will have you know six sentences to say to say one one thing and there's that balance between you know how much of that is your voice and how much of that is uh what you actually need to say in that sentence and so i you know i, I find myself struggling between that but I, I generally end up for less is is more yeah yeah all right omar and then mr games uh with Mahogany Brown, goals, yeah. uh, is the person that I was on my second slam team with. And I was amazed at how she does editing as well as uh, Ebony Hogan. Um, she's, I, I basically learned a lot of editing from them. Mahogany was like, all right, uh, you hand her a poem. She's like, all right, yeah, cut this, cut this, cut this. Cut. It, was, it was like, she was taking a switchblade and just like slashing scissors. I'm like, oh, all right. And so like, it was a real samurai def- poet. Yeah. Like for real, it, it was a real definition of like, of, of less being more, uh, I guess I may have learned like imagination or creativity from um, from Ebony, but that was with working with somebody else on a poem. But I took with Mahogany. It's like, oh, you, you can you can chop this down. I also discovered like a pet peeve of mine is when like uh, especially if you're looking at it and like you got a sentence and like oh and um, we went there and this happened and then again we thought about like I hate like <laughs> like I hate when two words are like and 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 I hate them being so close yeah. together. Yeah. Even when I edit like other um, if I'm in an article real quick and I'm like uh, looking for someone else on the site, I'll edit like, I'm like, this and these two, this is are too close together. <laughs> so I'll change that. So that's another, like, I like to make sure like yeah. each redundancies. Each, yeah. Yeah. Redundancy, getting rid of redundancy, make sure like it's not too, uh, not too wordy unless I'm trying to be intentionally funny or whatever mm. with long winded or whatever, but also like that, just how, how can I shorten these things down or how can I break them apart? Or maybe something starts or bring this, uh, place this piece here in paragraph one, bring it all the way back into paragraph seven. Like, mm-hmm. uh, play, it's like a, it's figuring out a puzzle. That's, that's, and so when I look, when I go back to the piece, I'm like, does this puzzle look, is this a sailboat that it should look like uh, right. when all the puzzles come, when all the pieces come together? Mm-hmm. This puzzle is supposed that's to be that. Very cool. Uh, Mr. Gaines? I, yeah, I think um, for me, before I've submitted it, the biggest thing that I try and just do is read it out loud and get a sense of the rhythm, you know? And oftentimes a, a big crutch that I have is that I often have my 
my characters prepping to do something. So like, you know, he went to sit at the computer, like as opposed to he sat at the computer, you know? <laughs> um, so, like, so. Opportunity that, to edit, yeah. Yeah, so um, that's, that's a thing that like, that's my, I forgot what Alex's example was, but there, that's my, my kryptonite. kryptonite. What'd you say? Kryptonite. Yeah, no, no, but there was the, something specific you said that like, where I just will do that so oh. many times that I can just go through and cut, 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 cut. Um, but then sometimes, as I think Omar was saying, it is about finding that rhythm where, you know, I was just editing um, a, a previous section of what I'm currently working on. And there was a moment where I was describing a musical performance. And it was this big, significant musical performance. And I realized that it was described too quickly, actually, uh, like for yeah. the importance of the moment. So sometimes you're cutting, 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 but it's also about making sure that you're giving um, equitable time to the mm. things that mm -hmm. deserve of it. So um, that, that to me is a, is a balance always. Um, so, and then to, to Omar's point also about the puzzle pieces, you know, it's trying to find when you're giving that exposition um, and not always doing it in chronological order. Um, so, you know, when you're revealing information is sometimes a challenge. And that's where the index cards become helpful because you can sort of hopefully some hey. of that stuff out um, before you start writing. But, yeah, it's it's a it's a challenge. I, I, I was just going to say that in listening to Tony and Omar in particular, and then you, Cassine, just jump right in and reinforce the the impression I'm getting. Sometimes what we do is very much almost like composing music. Be yeah, because, you know, it's like there's, we talk about feelings and rhythms. And, and, and when Tony was talking about putting something, taking from paragraph one and putting it in seven, it's moving a note. It's moving a chord, you know, and, and we listen to the sounds of our words. But we also listen to the sounds and the rhythms of our characters speaking. It's part of what distinguishes, <clears throat> pardon me, one character from another. You know, and, and so sometimes that is what I feel. I feel like almost I'm looking for that rhythmic musical flow of description and energy, uh, intensity, emotions or whatever. And if a scene really works, it, it, it takes you there. It either builds in crescendos or it fades out into this nice little, you almost hear that the, the last little finger hit the last <laughs> key on the key, you know? And that's can those I, are the things that we do, you know. <clears throat> can I add an epic fail on uh, uh, build right on that? Okay, yep. so I was I was creating. This is in City of Woe. The, the older copies, which are now going for four hundred eighty-seven thousand dollars. <laughs> oh, well, thank God! It, it went off the market, <laughs> and it was it, the few copies went way expensive. It was hilarious. Um, but at the climax of that, I was, yeah, I'm going to make this so exciting, you know? And I decided I was going to use some of the stuff I remember from, you know, studies of screen, uh, uh, script writing and screenwriting. So I'm going to do sla uh, slam cuts, you know, boom, 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 boom. And how I'm going to do that? M dashes. So it was like, <laughs> boom, ba, bam, bam. Ba, bee, ba, ba, right? And I'm reading it, and I'm like, yeah, bro, ah, right? And I gave it to the editor, who she's edited like everybody, all the uh, thriller writers and and um, mysteries and crimes. 
And she comes back and she goes, <clears throat> about this section, periods work. Bars. I can't even be mad. I can't talk about economy of words. That's it. Something, lady. When I tried it, when I tried it with the periods, yeah, (laughs) it was it was less confusing. You know, I I was the only one who was in on the importance of an M dash. Just me. It was a secret (laughs) unto one. (laughs) Yeah. So. Every once in a while, you know, the wisdom of just another set of eyes, you know. Chris, can I ask you something on that real quick? Just yeah, um, piggybacking on that. So for, for everybody, because uh, you mentioned that, you know, she has read the best, you know, like the who's who, right? And then and then that's, that's who you have viewing it. Um, do other people see your work and do you give it the same credence if they're giving you uh, feedback? If they're well, not, you know, a uh, professional editor. I will admit to um, my first reader is always the goddess. And the reason for that is, you know, (laughs) she won't, she won't slam, you know, the the work. She'll be, she's a pre, you know, in her heart and soul, she's a pre-K teacher, right? So it's a pat on the head and then gentle questions. If something's really wrong, she'll have a gentle question. Uh, and then Cindy Ortiz, who was the high school librarian when you were, you know, when you guys were doing these cosmic meetings, there she was. And she'll catch a lot of the uh, typos and this and that and uh, uh, logic questions, you know. And then I would go to others occasionally, you know, and, and uh, I think Cassine has been victimized once or twice. Um, but again, if you notice, they're all in my circle. Yeah. So the idea for this one was to get someone who didn't didn't know me, didn't wasn't worried about my feelings, you know, and I she was recommended um, through the Mystery Writers of America. I had done one of the mentoring programs where I was being mentored um, and uh, I found out that that person sometimes edits. He says, I'm book solid. But this person, if you can get this person. So I went in blind. I didn't, you know. On that guy's word, I had liked what he had said about stuff, um, and he had he had moved me in the right direction about you know really getting some professional editing. And then once I we kind of corresponded, and I realized this is someone I feel like I can trust. Then I asked for her background, and I said, oh, you know, it was just a series of holy shits, just <laughs> just <laughs> and, just M dash. I, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> How did how did she even answer my email? What the hell? Right. You know. So uh, and and she has been every question she asked or every point she has made logical sense. Mm. Even if even if I responded with this is why and this is where it showed before, unerringly I would notice I'd have to I have to emphasize that beat a little more. Wow. So, you know, she gets prop for that. Although I haven't asked her permission to uh, say her name yet, so I won't yet. But there you go. I right, let everyone know how much I love Chris Ryan here, that I, I read one of his books on my honeymoon. So I want so, – so actually – That's the goal. <laughs> his wife has not forgiven him yet. 
I'm a very early riser. I don't even think she knew. I was reading it, you know, at, at, the, at sunrise on the beach. So it was a wonderful. Was that an early draft of City of Woe? Or was no, it, it was, uh, or something? Um, it was the uh, Simple Rebellion. So I was reading about the end oh, of days Simple as Rebellion, I was at the Bahamas huh? re- watching the that. Simple Rebellion, which is, which is more applicable today than during yeah. your honeymoon, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, all right, we have a couple of quick questions and then we're going to wrap up our uh, uh, editing session and again thank you guys your your oh um, absolutely your insights have been fantastic so um since we just talked about editor um going solo going with an editor pros cons what insights can you give people um but, since you keep going with the old dude first uh, <laughs> I, I will just simply say that um as as awkward pain whatever it may be I don't think you should ever do a project without one. Uh, you can pick, you know, you can pick them as you pick them, you know, your friends, your relatives, or go pro, which I think if you're trying to go pro, you should work with professional people. Uh, it just raises the bar for you and just makes you better. But I think definitely we all do need them. I think one of the, the, the most common mistakes that writers make is if they edit their own stuff is we forget that we have all the information in our head we don't necessarily put all the necessary information into the writing. And so people can read this thing and go, I don't understand how you got from here to here. Well, it's obvious, but such and such and such. Doesn't say that. Mm-hmm. Doesn't? Oh, damn. You know, so that, that's the biggest one. Yeah, you might miss some, some spelling problems or, in my case, punctuations. But the, the bigger one is that you don't always know that the clarity is there, that all the, the, the information, the beats and things that you want to tell that story well are there outside your head. So you need to work with someone, and in the best of cases, someone you can trust. I mean, in a professional world, you may not always feel that way. But it's good if you can work with an editor you can trust who will look at this to do two things. One, to help make this a much better piece for the commercial sense of it, but also will not try and edit you into writing the way they do. That's, That's a big thing there. Your job as an editor, and I've been an editor for some, uh, not on punctuation, though. But you know, your job as an editor is to help your writer write their best, not your best. So you want to find editors that are really good at their job and really committed to that rule. I will help you do your best. All right, Alex, quick follow-up, then we're going to go to Gaines on the same question. Um, with that, you know, uh, having an editor that is going to get you to write your best, how do you get past your ego and or defensiveness to be able to see that? Well, not you in particular, generally. Thank you, because I'm, I'm such a nice guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, again, I, I'm going to have to quote this writer that I know. It's a sort of near bald Irish guy uh, <laughs> <laughs> who, has, who has said something remarkably brilliant uh, and repeated it many times that you must always first aim to serve the story. It's, it's not about you first. It's about serving the story. If you serve the story, if you give your all <laughs> that the best story you can, then you come out okay. You come out shining because, hey, yeah, you just yeah. did the right thing. It's great, so you look good. 
But if, that guy well, is a genius. I don't know who he is. No, I didn't <laughs> but anyway. and, and damn handsome, I understand. Oh, but. boy, now we're really doing the fiction, some serious fiction. But now, <laughs> the, the, thing, the thing here is, you know, really, and I say this to my students, too, you know, it's, it's always about serving the story. You want that to be the best story possible. If it is, then this, the message you're trying to get across, whether it's in poem or, or, or fiction or nonfiction form, whatever you're trying to say is heard. And it's heard well and it's heard clearly, and that's good for you. You will feel good about that. But if you're only out to serve yourself and your ego, then you will get in your own way, and more times than not, you will fall. And it's a hard fall. It's one, especially if it gets published and it stays out there, it's one that doesn't go away. You know, it's the hurting. It's on hurting. So, you know, serve the story. Games, what do you say? Well, I'm going to say I, I think definitely you should work with um, an editor. And I've gotten – I would also say you have to work with a diversity of people. Um, I think it's okay to have friends and family and, um, you know, I'll say everyday readers, you know, people that will be reading it you know, um, in the real world. Uh, read it. But, you know, I've worked with a number of editors at this point, probably six or seven, sometimes on like, you know – um, articles and things. And I feel like I have learned something from all of them. Um, the biggest thing that I've learned, boy, oh boy, I won't say what publication because I don't want to be out of term, but the biggest thing I've learned is that sometimes the editor will just post the thing that you've sent and not, <laughs> they'll say it's great. And like, they'll be like all of those missing punctuations. You'll go like, no, okay. So, <laughs> um, so that was a toughie. Um, but anyway, so I, I'm actually that, doing... well. That's gonna be that's gonna come back in our, our last question of the day. Uh, <laughs> I won't tell you what publication, but it was uh, it was a it was a publication I should have known better. Um, so, um, but the other thing that I want to say for me that's really important. This goes to your ego question a little bit, Chris. I think is. Um, it's really important to me that whoever's reading it, I know really gets what I'm trying to do yeah. um, because not everyone does. And so the book that I'm currently working on um, has actually the, the editor who acquired the book is no longer at the publisher. So I so the project got, got sent to someone else. And I will tell you that project that I'm working on was rejected by over 100 publishers. And this is the one person who said, like, you know, yes, I will take this. I love this. This is great. And now she's no longer there. And so for my own peace of mind, what I've decided to do is that I actually have reached out to an old editor that I've worked with. And I'm going to pay her. And she is going to read the book and give me an edit before I submit it. So at least I'll sort of know that someone who gets me, gets the project, someone that I've worked with before has sort of put eyes on it before it goes through the regular channels. Um, and to me, that's kind of a worthwhile investment, you know, um, just for my yeah. peace of mind. That's beautiful. Omar, what do you got to say? Uh, this was my, with this book was my first time working with, uh, well, the first time like working with editors, it'd be other poets, right? If you do slam, you're on a team with them. Uh, maybe you stay friends with them, whatever. So you'll, they'll see your work. Um, so this is my first time working with someone uh, as an as an editor for a book project. Uh, it was the same person that asked me to to do the book for uh, for a button, and so I was like, uh, "Are you going to be the one editing it?" And he's like, "He's he's a really great freaking writer too. He's like the freaking best, one of the best, and to me, he's one of the best. In the, I mean, do his own work too. Like, and so I, if he had if he, if he even had the time to do it, which is cool. And his whole thing was about like order and like um, maybe this poem doesn't fit in this collection. That's for something else." 
so that which was yeah. cool. And um and like you know stand and uh you know how we just phrase it this way. So it was really helpful seeing seeing how his mind worked, which is great. And there was one time he was like, "You can say this stronger." I was like, "No, I can't." I'm, I was like, "I'm not." <laughs> I was like, "I'm not." I changed everything but the third line. I was like, "I like first of all, one that shit's hard. Two, I cannot. I can't. Say, I can't do it any better. I'm sorry. I'm sorry." Um, but then also I worked with a, a, a different editor for like punctuation. I think they hate my, I never met them. I don't know who they are to this day. I think they hate my guts. Cause they're like, yo, what do you, you keep doing this? They're like, uh, either have periods in your poems or don't you keep switching. I'm like, dude, I just, I don't even care about punctuation and poems. I just write. So uh, they might change profession at this point. I don't know, but I, I did enjoy, um, I did enjoy the punctuation breakdown. Yeah. yeah. Publishing house. He kept moving the colons. He kept moving these colons. Use colons. I'm like, Colin, I'm like, I'm not advanced enough for that. Like, whatever. Are you an English major? Barely. Whatever. But, you know, but uh, thread them with an M dash, Omar. I, I use them now. I use them now. Uh, but it was, it was, it was nice. I'm, I'm, I guess, in a sense, I'm lazy. Where I, I, because like I, it, it's, it's two modes. Either I will do this myself because I know it will get done, or if there's someone that can take care of this for me. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for that, which it, it can get you in trouble or whatever. It might get you in trouble with taxes. You know, you get their tax person doing that, whatever. But uh, f- with with an editor, I like that aspect. Like, okay, I don't have to worry about punctuation. I'm free to do. I'm free to be me or whatever. Um, free to just go uh, run off like a wild horse that I am. But it is it is a great thing if you have that uh, person that you trust or someone that's from the outside. It is a great thing to have because there's so many things to like to, to check that you don't have to worry about uh, subconsciously, and you can just you know you can just run off. If I can follow up on that, um, how does editing exist uh, for you in terms of black nerd problems? Oh, <laughs> because you do on you do on camera stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff you do commentaries. How does that work for you? Uh, when it's on camera, it's just like hopefully I hope this is funny because sometimes <laughs> it, it was literally us. In a room, we first saw us in a room with a camera. I did, I did the X Men one. Nobody was laughing. I'm like, I really hope this is. I think it's funny to me. And they're also working on their own stuff too, and they always make me go first. Uh, but if it's if it's uh, we have uh, proofreaders. Artificial lamb. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you edit like, for example, the X Men uh, mm-hmm. bit? Did you edit that? Did you work on it before? Because you do oh. have. You know, you have that stage experience and you prep for all that stuff. Yeah, it was, do you do that? Do you apply that to your Black Nerd Problems material? It was written before. And so what I usually do, I don't know how my my process is. I'll go and uh, for the video, uh, I go, I look at what's written before. It, luckily, that one was written before. If it's not, I'm just like, well, this is the joke I'm going to lead. The joke I'm going to lead to or the main point of this one is this point right here. This is point A, point B. And there's a lot of takes. And sometimes in that take, we have a good run of things, a stream of content that gets point A, and then we can go on to point B. Sometimes, nah, we, we got we to go back. Or I can use that as a, as a guide to, uh, I'll use it as a guide. Like, okay, here's, here's everything I said. I will take this section. Now I have to condense it down. I got to cut away all the things I said in the article so it doesn't sound like not just the exact same thing. Uh, there is editing, yeah. Yeah, it's editing there. But we also have proofreaders. And, you know, a testament to my skill, when we do a test for other proofreaders, uh, you know, they usually have to edit one of my things because it's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> here's, here's a nightmare. <laughs> They're like, uh, let's use the article here where we didn't proof it. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep that. And I'm like, hey, this is, this is me. This is what you know, I'm saying. Like, this is me. So uh, 
So I that, remember that also... Omar. I, re- I remember. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> See all this white? See all this white? Remember why I used to have hair, Omar? All right. You a... Let's go. Let's go to Tony. Now, Tony, you are, uh, in some ways, you are the most independent of all of us uh, in that you will have a finished piece that you'll put up on um, Instagram TV or, in, you know, on your stories or something like that. But it's always a high level of polish and that kind of stuff. I introduced your work to Alex by just sending him the link to your um, your goodbye to your students this year. And oh, yeah. highly polished, but uh, I don't imagine there was an editor involved. So what is your process? Uh, I think you're probably, you go bravely on your own more than the rest of us. Yeah, for um, for if if I'm writing something that I'm gonna be, it's another one of those project process things, right? So if I'm if I'm writing something that is a rhyme or a song, I'm I'm self-editing those pieces, and you know, like I I mentioned, I'll go over them 15 times myself, um, you know, some sometimes more, uh, but I I I have never had I've never worked with an editor professionally. To create a pro- to create a project, but I've had work that I submitted where an editor handled it, um, and then what was you know what was posted or what was shown um, was you know my piece that that someone else edited. So I'm I'm not used to working with um, editors in that sense. What I'm doing, which is why what I'm doing right now, I'm looking I'm looking forward to um, you know I I, I haven't written many articles consistently, especially not for a, a specific uh, publication. Um, so I'm looking forward to that now. I'm looking forward to having more eyes, especially since the writing is not going to be what I feel most comfortable with. You know, I feel if you just want me to string together a few bars, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll tear it up on you, you know, but, um, <laughs> but, but now they're, you know, asking for my take or my thoughts on certain things. Um, I, I want the I want the feedback and I and I want that that uh, that fine tooth comb so that um, it's not the uh, I'm I'm not concerned about what it is that I have to say but I want to make sure that what it is that I have to say comes across without all of the little things that we're talking about detracting uh, from it uh, so um so I'm I'm looking forward to that as I as I move into this literally you know this week and 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 beyond so I'm I'm taking I, that's why everything that y'all are saying. You know, all I need is like a pencil. I need to watch this back because I'm like, yes, that ooh, I'll send that, that part. You'll get a copy of it. All right, there's a pencil. All right, so we're gonna end on a um, potentially fun, maybe maybe scary uh, uh, question. Um, and I, just out of love for all of you, I will go first. Okay. So I will embarrass myself. First. <laughs> um, what we're talking about is editorial nightmares, right? Just so the people, some people out there are saying, oh, my God, I, you know, this happened. I can't. No, it happens to all of us. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'll give you an editorial nightmare. I gave you one before with the M dashes, but this one's way back, way back. <laughs> Not as far back as Alex, but way back. Um, <laughs> so I was in college and uh, on the college newspaper. I was just like the newest, freshest, most limited reporter there. Right. And um, in my, I think it was called world politics class, something like that. And a crazy professor, right? And 
he brought two representatives from apartheid South Africa, from the one percent of apartheid South yeah, Africa. Yeah. Okay. Two blonde, blonde hair, blue eyed, you know, uh, Aryan race types, you know, to talk about. South Af- apartheid South Africa oh. and to have an open discussion. Oh. Now, I was in a very, very, very diverse class. Uh, we had some Caribbean fellas. We had some people from uh, the city. We had some people who, you know, but they were furious, absolutely furious that they would let these two on. And it was, it was a hairy situation in the class almost became violent. So I went to the reporter, you know, to the uh, uh, newspaper, and I said, you know, they're going to have a second session in the auditorium tonight. I think someone should cover it. So they said, you do it. You know, they all had something to do or something, right? So this is my first ever assignment that's not like an album review, Mm -hmm. you know? So, um... I go an hour early, and I maybe a little longer, but I sit in the auditorium, and I'm waiting, and I got my notebook, and I'm, you know, thinking of questions, you know, what? And there's a, I'm looking around, the audience is white. Where's everybody from my class? (laughs) (laughs) All right, right. What's going on here? And the professor's there having like a little three-person panel discussion with these apartheid South Africa guys. And I write in my notes, I said, these people who were so angry didn't even bother to show up. What's going on, right? And then I just keep writing and all my time, take all the quotes and I, and I go and I, I go in the next day to the uh, college newspapers. Now, as you know, as many of you who, who were involved with that on one level or another, you know that it's run by students, right? Mm-hmm. There's a, some occasionally a professor will wander by looking for coffee, but mostly it's students. So I come in there and I'm saying, "All right, I got all my notes." We, you know, I thought they'd give me a corner and a typewriter or something, and you know, maybe a hat with a Clark Kent hat. Um, <laughs> right? And they look at me like I invaded their space, and they say, uh, "No, Sus- Susie's writing that stuff." Like I was here 24 hours ago, and you sent me to cover the auditorium. Yeah. He goes, well, give her your notes. So I go over to the, you know, I was like, uh, where do you want me to type them up? I have really bad handwriting. She says that we don't have time. She says, uh, uh, just give me your notes. And he, she says, but don't hold, you know, your hopes up. You're not going to get a shared byline. I might just use a paragraph. So I said, okay. Give her the notes, hoping that that gets you a, a point in. And then next time they give you, you know, let you write an obituary or something, right? So the issue comes out. My notes are printed verbatim on the front page <laughs> next to her story, including those who were angry didn't even bother to show up. And those people are looking for me <laughs> for blood. You stone racist, Ryan. And I had to explain to them what happened and and that that was a note that was, I didn't know where they were. They were outside. Here's the story. They were outside. They were not allowed in. They were raising hell. The real story was them being 
left outside. Now, Susie, who had more experience, had showed up the last minute and caught that controversy. So that was the story. But they never, whoever typed up the, the notes, no editor ever read the notes. So they would have took that line out because they would have known. So, yeah, there's my nightmare, my editing nightmare. <laughs> when editing doesn't happen oh. and you have blind faith in those people you're working for. Never do that. Never have blind faith. Yeah. I barely escaped. There you go. Okay, so now it's up to you. Let's hear about your nightmares. <laughs> I'm going to do a really quick one. So I don't know if this is the same at Black Nerd Problems, but I wrote for a website that asked me to write something. It was... I love this guy. He's like a, a friend of mine, but he sometimes will call me and say like, hey, do you want to do an article on, like, insert your thoughts on this, like, semi-controversial thing here? And I'll be like, I, I, I don't know, I guess. So he wanted me to write... He was like, you know, as a good liberal, you wrote a book about oh. a Christmas story where a kid uses a gun for the whole movie. Um, do you want to write about, like... You know, uh, 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 like a uh, a teacher's perspective, essentially, of why a Christmas story is still an okay movie for kids to watch. So I'm like, I, I mean, I, that sounds like something I don't really want to write. But um, but then, but then he offered me money. So um, <laughs> so the point the point is is that I was like, how am I gonna how am I gonna crack this nut? And I ultimately wrote what I, I thought was actually this really poignant sort of thing about, like, it's A Christmas Story is a period piece, and it reminds me of when I was a little kid, and I was watching, like, our gang comedies with my dad, and, you know, you can, you can appreciate for the moment in time, and even if you're, like, on the receiving end of it, you kind of know, like, well, that was, like, 80 years ago. You have a little context, and then you can sort of enjoy it once you've sort of put it in its proper context and you know where the lines are. So I wrote this really nice thing about how Christmas story is about a father-son. I've got this father-son thing with our gang, whatever. And um, so I and I, I know that, uh, that the headlines are not yours, you know what I mean? But I always, like, submit some potential ones. I always give, like, a couple just to, like, you know, hopefully. If you're lazy, just take one. You take one that I've come up with. And, um... My friend was like, listen, the, the algorithms say we have to put gun in the title, oh. in the headline. And I was like, oh, and I was like yeah. yeah, but there's like, and I was like, so I, I tried to like make like a pun out of the word. Like I like tried to like help a little bit. And so he's like, listen, you did a great job with the article. So he posts, so the article gets posted and it's something like, um, a Christmas story doesn't want you to buy a gun or something. Uh, <laughs> and I have gotten so many negative responses on this article that I'm sure no one has read. That the, article, <laughs> the, the headline does not reflect yep. what the article says. The headline, like all of these like angry, angry, angry people. Um, and so that's my editorial nightmare is sending it off and realizing the headline is not yours, and you are a slave to the algorithm. Our lesson so far, if you trust editors, an entire dorm will be after you, or the NRA <laughs> will be after you. <laughs> All right, who's up next with your nightmare? I'll do this quickly. Um, and I, and I, I won't name names, but a certain now extremely well-respected, award-winning uh, illustrator, author, and myself 
worked on a project involving Harriet Tubman. And, you know, as a, as a writer of the project at the time, my thing was, you know, we're always looking at her as she's always being presented as this almost like this dotty, dotty old woman who managed to lead some slaves through the forest to, to a, a happy little land somewhere. And I'm looking at what she's going through, and I'm thinking, this is an adventure story. So, you know, this is a really engaged the kids. Let's, let's present this as what it was, you know, dangerous and adventurous and all this kind of stuff. And I started a certain scene where they're at a rest stop along the, you know, the, the, the Underground Railroad, and the person is saying, why do you do this? And she gets into it, so it's a flashback, and we learn about her. And then at the end of the story, she's getting ready to take off on the next leg of this very dangerous journey leading these slaves. And I thought, this is really cool, this is really cool. So the, the editor we've got goes, this is really cool. So, you know, it's a different way of approaching this. Normally we're very linear and everything, and this is more cinematic and everything. So, okay, cool, this is really great. And, so, and then we go through this long process of beginning to commence to start to getting around to eventually getting enough notes on the script to give it to this illustrator buddy friend of mine, who then gets that and starts drawing, but they tell him not to go full out. Okay. And then more time passes, and we're thinking, you know, sort of the energy, the juice, the flow is starting to... And then the editor goes... You're gone. And a new editor comes in. And this, almost like what you said, Chris, where it's like, oh, it's the person who really wanted this project is not at uh, the film anymore. Well, that was editor, thing, yeah. Don't worry. You know, no, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. And then another month or so. And the illustrator is still waiting for more notes so he can continue. And, and then the editor comes back to him and says, you know, this flashback thing, kids won't understand that. So just cut this off and start on I say, no, but that's the same linear thing that it's, no, you've got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this. I t cut it off, and already I'm going, this boat don't float, but okay, <laughs> I cut it, right, you know? And then so I get a couple more notes from this, and I'm waiting, okay, so you send it in, here's the changes, right? And I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and this editor goes. And they bring in a third editor, who is so far removed from this project, yeah. and there's no support to this project at all, and this person dares to give me notes. And now I'm going, you know, uh, I really want to tell people what they can do with their notes. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I'm I'm trying to be professional. It's the first big, really, op opportunity here. It's a noted publisher. And meanwhile, the illustrator is still waiting for notes that would allow him to continue drawing. Well, this goes on for a year. And the eventual end of it is they finally didn't do the project. Uh, yep. Huh. And they do this book. Not just because they didn't want to do this book, but this whole ed editorial, not editorial, educational program that they had set up, they just sort of dropped it, and then there was no place for the book, so they dropped the book. Wow. You know, and it's One like... the nightmares of that publishing. Man. Now, now here's the ding. Here's the ding. Here's the absolute double ding for me. This was years ago. What did they just do with Harriet Tubman... Not movie, only yeah. Tubman's story, but then Harry Tubman, Vampire Slayer, and then yeah, okay. yep. yep. I was waiting. I was waiting until. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. So sometimes you just gotta understand that maybe you're a little ahead of the game. Mm. Uh, mm. You're lucky. You will find a home, but if you're not, mm, that's what you deal with. Anyway, that's my story, short and sweet. All right. Um, we're gonna we're gonna go to Mr. Jackson, and then we're gonna go to Mr. Holmes. Um, no so, pressure, guys. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, so I, I mentioned I mentioned uh, before uh, briefly talking to you guys about um, when I, I did a, 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 I did a, a commercial and I, I, I wrote some uh, I used a, something that I had written, which was a, a song that I'd written that I used in my class. 
Um, but I also had written a lot for for what they were asking me to do. You know, they were asking me to do this whole lesson. Um, it was like based on Egypt, and I wrote a lot, y'all. I mean, I, I was like cra- crafting long poems, and you know, like uh, the ancient Egypts, the pyramids. It was, you know, it was it was it was intense, right? And so um, the shoot, everything took a really long time to um, to shoot. I was able to give and give and give, and um, what ended up being selected, you know, or being taken by the by the editor. Um, I guess by the director, you know, who chose it was, um, you know, just like the a piece of the song, which was um, they call it the remainder is the number that remains, which, you know, I was super happy with because in context and I'm, I, I love it. Like it, 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 it's a bop in my classroom. You know, the kids, <laughs> the kids, the kids get it. Um, but there was like a, a, a pushback on uh, online, like on social media where people are like, nah, no, that, that's not a rhyme. I can't believe that you're saying this is rap. No, this, he's not a real teacher, blah, blah. So it was, you know, it was it was sitting in the hands of um, somebody else to edit it. And, and again, they, they were checking on me. They were like, yo, we see that people are, you know, having this reaction. Are you okay? We just make sure you're okay. I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Listen, I gave that to y'all. I, I like what you did with it. Cool. Um, but my favorite part of it was that like the the depths that some people went to and there was a a person who on facebook had drafted like this four page letter um explaining the conspiracy theory behind my writing and the whole edited commercial and so he was like notice (laughs) notice it was illuminati he was like notice that the hands of the clock are at one and the other is pointing to the four which means that this is and it was like look at the colors that he chose for the face of the illustration you know like this and this this purple and this is what that means um and then even to the 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 letters in my name they were like oh his name is tony jackson well if you break down the t-o-n the e they were like numeric numerically this is what that so you know it's it's It, it was it was deep. It's it's since been deleted. I, I hope I have like screenshots somewhere because yeah, I think y'all get a kick out of it. But oh. just the level to which some people will take things that you have done that you know, and and again that you have no control over. And it was like you know, I I was so happy to be able to be at peace at that point. Um, but yeah, I just thought that I, I got a kick out of that. I was like, jeez, wow. dude. Wow. Yeah, these are. <laughs> it happened. It happened. Notice the clock, <laughs> <laughs> yo. Uh, and he's got a Twinkie off to the left. It's just, <laughs> cream is is you know. Okay, so Omar, I got, I got a I got one short one, and I'll tell you one where uh, that was my fault as an editor. Um, <laughs> what the the first one was? I mean, not so much to edit, but I was brought in to do a show, and um, it's nothing big, but uh, I was. Yeah, a lot of times uh, I was brought into the state where it's not a lot of black people. Uh, and so I'm at this event, not a lot of black people. Uh, and so there was more. I'm sorry, stuff. were you saying there were not a lot of <laughs> Not a lot of black people. I I think this was a student. I, I don't want to give too much. Like, I, I highly doubt they don't want to see this, but it was a, it was a student thing. Um, Thank you. Thank you, Omar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, no, no, I mean, as in those kids, I doubt those kids are a lot older now. So I, doubt- I thought Omar was at the writer's room for The Simpsons. That's where I thought he was. Right? <laughs> there were a lot of people. Like, uh, so that, I don't know, that, I highly doubt those kids are on the organization, I mean. Um, so they brought me in. Um, and so they're like, I have, a, I have a poem called 10 Things I Want to Say to a Black Nerd. After this uh, poem uh, from Jennifer Falu has a poem that said 10 Things I Want to Say to a Black Man. And so I'm about to, they're, I'm going to go on and perform. Uh, and she's like, 
and there's this little 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 white girl, and she's like, "Oh, we're just not sure. Like that's the right poll. Like if we're we're afraid everyone like not everyone in the audience will get it." And so I'm sitting there. I'm like, "Okay, okay, yeah. So what's gonna happen is I'm gonna go up there and do the poem. It's gonna be cool." And so I just like walk like and so. It's just that you know, but I, I I didn't think anything of it like then. But also, like, I know what I'm doing. I've been doing this for about X amount of years now, and I'm me, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. And I did, and everything everything went fine. And uh, and it was funny because there are, there were some black people in the audience. So there's a line in the poem where I say, "Oh, Ned Stark's death is like when uh, sneaking when uh yeah, I know. <laughs> Ned Stark's death is like when uh hip hop lost Biggie Smalls. You see the black people laugh. Some white people laugh because they know who Biggie is. And then I'm about to go to the next line, and I stop and I go, "Or when Colorado lost Jen Den- John Denver, all the white people start laughing. <laughs> black people start laughing, and then you see the ones that get both the jokes." <laughs> And I look at the and I look at the lady like, See, like I told you everything would be fine. And it's funny because I only know John Denver because my mom loved John Denver for something. Rocky Mountain High. Have, I'm like that that John Denver was her her Jay Z apparently like. Yeah. Uh, the story that where I it was my fault as an editor. We had someone write a, a review on a show and um they were a little harsh in their review. Uh, but I thought it was okay because as you read on, they say, well, maybe I'm just being biased because this is really something that's dear to my heart or whatever. And so I was like, this is cool. And I, I remember the day. I was like, this is fine. So you can release it. Uh, the, the person that was the host of it, that is a celebrity, saw that and they were not okay with it. And so they were <laughs> tweeting at us. And I thought it was maybe because uh, I'm, uh, their, the spelling of their name was wrong. And so I was like, oh, I fixed that. And I tweeted back at it. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. They were mad at the whole Thing. I was like, oh, and so I'm like, and I was talking to, uh, I was talking, I was, I, was, I was talking to Will. I'm like, I don't see why they're upset. They, uh, and Will reserved. He's like, no, nah, I see, I see why they're upset. Like, <laughs> I'm like, but they go back. They say like, maybe they're being biased here. Like, it doesn't matter. That doesn't, that little thing doesn't matter there. Mm. It's because of this whole like, you know, all it's boom, 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 and then this little, oh well, maybe I was wrong. Like, no, that doesn't matter, Omar. The punch already thrown. And so he has to go on Twitter and address like, ah, oh, yo, I'm so I'm the uh, co-founder of this. I see you're upset. You know, if you send us a send, get us a screener of the review, and we'll do we'll do uh, get us a screener of the show. We'll do another review. And they were upset, but then they, they did just that, so that became a connection with the uh, with um the channel that was putting it on. But I, that's where I was like, okay, I have to be really, I gotta be where I thought mm-hmm. something was all right. Well, let me now, yeah. let me now, del- make sure, and uh, let me let me double check. Uh, let me make sure, and also and, and, like my. My partner had to like fall on his sword very publicly, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And uh, it was, we were, there was a chat we were in where we never said anything, but like it was other like uh, black creators. They're like, "Oh man, did you see what Black Nerd Problems did?" I'm like, "We're here still. <laughs> we are here, but we didn't, still didn't say anything." But was like, like I was like, "All right, so like, you're a replica. Like, you gotta you gotta check things, and just because you're talking in your own voice doesn't always give you the excuse. Like, it's not an excuse for like you know being being. You still gotta you still gotta dress it up at times. You know what I'm saying? Like." Other ways of uh of uh you can't be calling shit shit yeah you know what I'm saying you can't you can't you, can't, you know you got you got you got sometimes water it down what you want to say not too much but just a bit you, know, so you gotta be a understand it comes back to what we were saying earlier is that you have to serve the story even if it's yeah. a review you have to you know who is this going out to and yeah. what is the message we're sending you have to serve the story mm-hmm. and that brings us to. Yeah. You know, it brings us to the conclusion of this episode, and there is a ton of stuff that was shared. We hope that uh, you learned a few things and got a few laughs and can approach your own editing with uh, a little more um, uh, to offer. And we will be back next week 
with another the, thrilling uh, episode. <laughs> that's right. With getting it out there, promoting and going out into the cold, cruel world with your beloved baby that you have created. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, can we have a quick uh, um, round? We haven't been doing this, but we should. Quick round. Where can people find you if they're more interested, you know, want to see some more of you? Uh, for me, it's Chris Ryan writes at most platforms. You'll be able to find me there. Uh, let's start with uh, Mr. Jackson, Mr. Simmons, Mr. Holman, and Mr. Gaines. Where can people find you? Um, so at he rhymes with me on uh, Instagram, on Twitter. Taking a little Twitter break right now, but you can f- still find a bunch of stuff up there. And at he rhymes with me or Tony Jackson uh, on YouTube. There's a bunch of stuff there too. And then more to come that uh, I'm excited to share out through those channels. Wow, nice, Alex. Uh, I don't know. I can't find me half the time. Uh, <laughs> probably, probably the best one is um, my Facebook. You know, just Alex Simmons on Facebook, which is gonna, uh, that's not my title, Alex Simmons on Facebook. When I'm on Facebook, is Alex Simmons, and on Instagram at Simmons underscore Alexander because they were real creative with that. There were too many Alexanders, I guess. <laughs> uh, um, and then the www.simmonsheareandnow is my website among others. And there's also my blackjackadventures.com website. So those are, those are three, four different places you can get me. I don't do yeah. math words. Cool. Omar Holman, well, how about you? Uh, yo, real name, no gimmick. Uh, O-M-A-R-H-O-L-M-O-N. Just type it in Google. Whatever comes up is there. Uh, I'll be there. That's it. That's there's, five, there's five Omars on Skype. I'm just telling you. Ah, but, it, but they don't have an O as their last name. That's the difference. Uh, they, they pronounce it man, but it's actually okay. Bob. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Say it again. Right. Where is it? Where can they find you? Because I stepped on that one. Oh no, that's fine. Uh, o m a r h o l m o n. I'm on. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, uh, all the social media stuff. Uh, Tumblr. You know, even though after the snap, uh, I'm still there. <laughs> I'm still there after the Thanos snap. There you go. <laughs> or Black Nerd Problems. Uh, black, cut- black, black Nerd Problems. problems. There you go. <laughs> Cassine Gaines. There's only one Cassine Gaines that I've ever been able to find. Where can people find you, sir? Dot com. Cassine Gaines dot com. That's it. Sam, and there you go. C A S E E N G A I N E S. Alex, you want to take us home? Yes, I do. I want to say, hey, thank you, Chris, Tony, Omar, Cassine, for coming on, for doing major work on this episode. I can't wait to start editing. <laughs> doing some really great work some very open and genuine work and and showing not only uh chris and i uh who are we're very proud of you gentlemen by the way but also showing all of our listeners exactly how to tell the damn, damn story. story and obviously two of you don't know how to do that <laughs> i was just like nodding i don't want to i don't want to be on feet a damn story. story take care everybody Thanks. Peace.